Good morning. Today our Bible reading is from Romans chapter 9, verse 30, to chapter 11, verse 12. What shall we say then, that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that it is a righteousness that is by faith, but the Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law? Why? Because they did not pursue it in faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God. And seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For God is the end of the law, and for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about righteousness that is based on the law, and that the person who does not the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For their, their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I'll make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to disobedient and contrary people. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. For I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appears to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets, they have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. But what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too at the present time there is a remnant chosen by grace. 
But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a step to our eyes that they would not see, and ears that they would not hear, down to this very day. And David says, Let their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. Let their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and bend their backs forever. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. Now if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Thanks, Noel. A long reading. Don't worry, hopefully it won't be a long message. Let me pray. Lord, we ask that you might help us to understand what your word has to say and that we can act on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, boys and girls, I know there's no children's ministry today, so I am trying to make this um, family-friendly, and I've got 42 slides, so if it helps you to concentrate, you can try and count them, and then you'll know when I'm getting near to the end. Um, I promise it won't go 42 minutes, so it should be quicker than a minute a slide. All right, we're, we're talking about the book of Romans. Um, we're up to the second section of the book, our common family history. And we're up to the second message of this little section, our father's faithfulness to outsiders. Uh, last week, we looked at the fact that our family history, it's God's story. And we're children of God's promise. Um, but there can be some confusion when we're reading this section. And in fact, during the, the week we had um, a sermon in scripture meeting. Um, Jonathan Plett's preaching next Sunday. And he came along and Warren, one of our elders, uh, Warren's, uh, Jonathan's an elder too. Warren, another one of our elders was there. Emily was there as our worship coordinator. And me and, and Eddie Bang, um, our new uh, pastoral consultant. And... We were talking about these passages and it's quite confusing. Who is, who is who? Who's being talked about here? And you might remember that last week we talked about the fact that Israel is not Israel. Uh, and there was this stuff about, you know, just because your offspring of Abraham doesn't mean that you're included in Israel. It's those who are the children of promise. So uh, Esau's descendants are not included in Israel. Jacob's descendants are included in Israel. So we saw that Israel is not really Israel, but Israel is made up of those who are the children of the promise. But when we come to this week, it, it gets confusing because this week and next week, uh, Paul is talking about Israel and he's then talking about others and 
that's Gentiles and everyone else. So, but he's talking there not about Israel as the children of the promise, but he's talking about Israel, the historic people of Israel, everyone who would count themselves as being Jews. Um, so it can be a bit confusing. Um, last week was Israel by the promises, and all who are not children of the promise are not Israel, but this week... We're talking about Israel as the ethnic Jewish people group. Are you confused yet? Don't worry, it gets, it gets better. Um, so that, this is where we're, we're looking at this week. Now, the big question, does Israel stumble, this is from today's passage, does Israel stumble make us the Stephen Bradbury of people groups? Does anyone know who Stephen Bradbury is? Older people do, children probably don't. A number of years ago, children, there was a guy called Stephen Bradbury. He's an Australian ice skater, or he was, and he went to the Olympics, uh, the Winter Olympics, and he was in the final of the Winter Olympics, and all the other skaters fell over, and so he came first. Um, and so you might say, well, in, in this passage, it talks about Israel stumbling, um, and so does that mean that everyone who's not Jewish, that we win? because Israel stumbled. Are we now in the center? Are we the winners? Because Israel stumbled. It's not really intended to be like that. Um, Paul is talking here, and I'm trying to make this understandable, so if it's not understandable, that's my fault. But it is a complicated passage, but he's speaking to the church in Rome, okay? And the church in Rome has... Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. He's speaking about Israel, but his message in this section is actually for the Gentiles. Clear as mud? Yes? No? Okay. So, he's, when, when we've characterized today's message as God's faithfulness or our Father's faithfulness to outsiders. And next week, Jonathan Plett's going to talk about our Father's faithfulness to insiders. And when we're talking about outsiders, we're talking about Gentiles, those that are not Jewish. And when we're talking about insiders, we're talking about Jewish people, Israel. Okay. Big idea today. Our Father is faithful to outsiders. Now, We need to go, uh, or this is the key verse, which we'll come back to uh, a few times through through the sermon. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is in Romans 10 verse 13. Uh, But I want to sort of talk to you a bit about Israel. You see, Israel, they thought that they were God's chosen people. And that therefore heaven awaits. Harp on the clouds. That's the normal depiction of heaven, isn't it? I don't know. It's not in the Bible anywhere. But anyway. um, Nevertheless, Israel thought they were God's chosen people. You see, but way, way back in the book of Genesis in chapter 12, when God called Abraham, who, remember, he's the patriarch of the Jewish people. He's the one through whom the Jews came. Um, and God makes promises to Abraham. He says, I will make your name great, 
And at the end of the promises that he makes to Abraham about being a great nation, he says, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, Israel remembered all the time that they were God's chosen people. But along the way, they seem to have forgotten that part of the promise was that through Israel, all the families of the earth would be blessed. And if you're counting the slides, children, I've really ruined it because I've been going backwards and forwards a bit. So I'm probably going to show a lot more than 42. This, but anyway. Um, okay, so Israel thought that the way they got to heaven was like this. They thought that God was a policeman. And therefore, what you had to do to get to heaven was to follow God's laws. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. There's a big roadblock there. And Paul describes it in this passage. And at the, at the beginning of the passage, in chapter 9, verse 32, it says, why, why didn't they achieve getting to heaven? Um, why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. What does that mean? They've stumbled over a stumbling stone. At the end of the passage that we've um, read today, chapter 11, verse 12. Now, if their trespass, no, I've missed it, chapter 11, verse 11. So I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? So Paul is saying Israel stumbled on something. And what he's saying is that Israel stumbled on Jesus. They stumbled over Jesus because they thought that they could get to heaven by obeying God's laws. And they missed the fact that actually what you need to do is to have faith in Jesus. And that righteousness comes not through doing all God's laws, but that righteousness comes by believing in Jesus, by having faith in Jesus. So... Paul talks about Jesus being a stone of stumbling and a rock of offence. And we read, I'll just go back here, we read, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. There's, there's no more uh, a need to try and be righteous in God's eyes by doing the right things. That's, that's a whole different story from doing right things because we love to do right things. But in order to get to heaven, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Through faith in Him. 
The righteousness, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 6, the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. So the righteousness based on faith is not about can I climb high enough, can I do enough to be accepted in God's eyes. And then we have this, this passage that says, the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. That's a confusing little segment. Uh, but if you look back um, in Deuteronomy, and I've, I've just left it off my notes here, but I think it's around Deuteronomy chapter 30. I could be wrong there. But it is a quote. Actually, it'll probably tell me in my side notes here. Deuteronomy 30, verse 12 and 13. There you go. I had the right, had the right passage. Let's just have a quick look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Okay. So Deuteronomy chapter 30 is near the end of Moses' life. And um, there's a, a long passage here where God is giving commandments to the Israelites near the end of Moses' life. And Moses is encouraging them to keep following God. And he says in chapter 30 verse 11... For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Neither it is, is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. So here, God is saying through Moses, all these commandments that you were given, they're not too hard for you because they're in your mouth, they're in your heart. It's not too hard. It's not as if you have to be able to get to heaven to grasp it or, or go across the sea to get it. It's in your heart and in your mouth. Now, what does that mean for us? You see, because Paul is saying Israel didn't achieve getting to heaven by working hard. And he says, the word is near you, this is part of the quote, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we profess, that we proclaim. So what Paul is trying to say is salvation is not about what we do but it's about what's in your mouth and heart. And he goes on and says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now this is really important for us. Because remember earlier on I said Paul is speaking to the church in Rome about Israel 
but it's really a message for the Gentiles. And what he's saying is, you don't need to be part of God's chosen people, the people of Israel. You don't have to be a Jew to receive salvation. What you need to do is proclaim that Jesus is Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Now that's really good news for all of us. Um, I'm guessing that most of us are not Jewish. Maybe there's some amongst us who are. It's actually good news for you too if you're Jewish, but it's really good news for us who are not Jewish because we're not part of that biological descent from Abraham and we can be saved too. I don't know about you, but I'm so thrilled that I can be saved, that I am saved by faith in Jesus. Boys and girls, it doesn't matter whether your parents are Christians or not, or your grandparents are Christians or not. It matters whether or not you believe in Jesus in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. In other words, confessing that Jesus is Lord is about saying, Jesus, you're the one who is my king. I'm going to follow your rule. And so we come to chapter 10, verse 13. And, and Paul here is he's talking about Israel, but it's a message for the Gentiles that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now he goes on and he asks four questions and he makes a statement. It's a bit like four weddings and a funeral. Um, no, that's the wrong way around, isn't it? Is it yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't even seen the movie. Is it four weddings and a funeral? It's not four funerals and a wedding. No, I just have funerals on the brain because I'm a funeral director. It's four weddings and a funeral. Well, it's a bit like that. This is four questions and a statement. And the questions are these. How will they call if they have not believed? Now, he's talking, remember, about the Gentiles, the people who are not Jewish. How will they call if they have not believed? How will they believe if they have not heard? How will they hear without someone sharing? And how will they share unless they are sent? Remember, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You've got to call out to God. You've got to come to him. You've got to ask him if you want to be saved. But how are you going to ask God for salvation if you haven't believed in him? And how will you believe in God if you haven't heard about him? And how will you hear unless someone shares the message? And how will someone share unless they are sent? It's a series of questions Paul asks here. And really, what he's, it's, it's back to front logic. Because what he's really saying is, uh, number four, he's saying someone needs to be sent. And then he's saying, if someone is sent, then they can share the good news about Jesus. And if someone shares the good news about Jesus, then other people can hear it 
And if other people hear the good news about Jesus, then they can believe. So it's sort of back to front, those questions. And when you take them the other direction, this is the four questions. Who's sent? Who's sent here today? We're all sent. If we're believers in Jesus, we are sent with the message. We're sent to share. How about you? Are you sharing the message of Jesus with others? We heard a great example from Paul of how they've been sharing the message with people up in Lismore. Um, he told us a great story about a, a young a young boy who was a member of a family up there and I encourage you to ask him the story about that. He, he shared this with us at the prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. It was really encouraging. So talk to Paul about that one. But they were able to share with families that they met with. Are you sharing the good news of Jesus with other people? Like, and... It shouldn't be hard. <laughs> we, we had the opportunity uh, on Friday night to go and see Paul Coleman Trio. Some of you may know Paul Coleman Trio. They were doing a one-off reunion show in Melbourne. Um, Catherine and Emma and I went down to Melbourne and um, we had a great time. And, you know, it's not hard to share about something like that. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. Uh, I loved it. It was a great night. I'm so glad we did it. It's not a chore. Is sharing the good news of Jesus a chore to you? Is it something that you find difficult? I encourage you to forget about four spiritual laws or, you know, these things that people have been told you oh, must do evangelism. Just share the good news. Do you love Jesus? Are you so glad that he saved you? Are you so glad that your own sin is not counted against you? Just share it. Tell other people about it. The same way you tell them about a concert you went to or a game of football that your team won or, um, you know, something else that you did that was enjoyable. Do you enjoy Jesus? We um, had an elders meeting during the week and Bill Roosan shared a, um, a devotion with us and he, he shared about uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is this confession of faith from hundreds of years ago. And, and in the Westminster Confession of Faith it says, man's chief end, and meaning men and women, but you know, the, the chief... And the chief purpose for men and women is to glorify God and who knows what the next bit is. Anyone know what the next bit of the Westminster Confession is? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Thank you, Krista. Man's chief end, the purpose for us in life 
is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Do you enjoy being saved? Do you love the fact that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus for you to die on the cross so that your sin wouldn't be counted against you, but so that he took it? Do you love that? Now, I know it's a rhetoric question. And we don't answer rhetoric questions. But I want you to imagine that you're in a, a church in the US, an African-American church, you know, where they have answer and call and response. Do you love Jesus? Yes. yes. Do you enjoy him? Yes. Why wouldn't you share that? Scared? Thanks, Joe. I appreciate your honesty. I love it. And, and I'm sure Joe is speaking for all of us. We're scared. Don't be scared. Are you scared to tell people about good things that happened in your life? I had a birthday and I saw my family. It was great. I went on a trip. Great to have Glenda back. Where's Lionel? Is he all right? <laughs> I'm sure you've had lots of great memories to share from your trip. Share Jesus like that. We're sent to share Jesus. And how can other people believe unless they hear about him? The statement, we've had the four questions. The statement is, how beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news? Isn't it great when someone comes to you and they share good news with you? Don't you just love that? Isn't it awesome? When, you know, maybe, maybe you're an adult and your kids have gone through school and they receive their HSC results and they go, Mom, Dad, I got... An you know, whatever it is, that, you know, it was exciting for them. Isn't it fantastic when, when you hear that a young couple have gotten engaged and they're going to be married? Don't you just love receiving news like that? How beautiful are the feet of those who share the good news? How wonderful are you? when you share the good news. You might say, well, what about Israel? Haven't they heard? And Paul goes on to say, yes, they have. I'm just, I'm going over this bit really quick, but there's a quote in there, in chapter 10, verse 18, their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. It's a quote from Psalm 19. And the beginning of Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And then this bit, their voice has gone out to all the world, their words to the ends of the world, is basically saying God's glory can be seen by everyone. Everyone has heard. Everyone knows. A little later in our series in Romans chapter 1, we'll come to a bit more in depth of what Paul means about this. Israel have heard. And so you might ask, didn't they understand? 
And this is where the Gentiles come in. And this is sort of the point that's made in this passage is the salvation of the Gentiles is to make Israel jealous so that they want it as well. That's what Jonathan will talk about next week. Um, I will go there. Okay. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It might be that you haven't called on the name of the Lord yourself. Today would be a great day to do that. Or it might be that you have called on the name of the Lord, but you haven't followed him in baptism. We're going to have a baptism service at the end of July. Our Father is faithful to outsiders. All those years when he first made the promise to Abram, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's come true with the good news of Jesus that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 